A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rule Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rukens, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversations. Welcome back, uh, Sunil Maholtra. It is year plus one plus three days, 28th of March, 2023. Uh, welcome back to the Design to Change podcast. Nice to be here. Thanks, Rude, for having me. And uh, uh, thanks to the universe that it's giving us a second opportunity to talk. Fantastic. Um, Sunil, what what you said in the last podcast really stuck to me. It, it stuck to me so much that I needed to stick it on a post-it and put it right in front of me here on my computer. And I look at it every day um, <clears throat> because you design, de design from the emergent present. And the two words that you used there was this idea of now here, but also nowhere, right? Um, and if people are writing it down and looking at those words, you will see the function of the W in that word is, is quite specific. Um, tell us, Sunil, looking back a year, right? Um, and looking back at the question, a good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? How do you look at it today? I have to... Uh a lot of pressure on my mind to try and figure out what I said last year because I'm one of those uh, those people that never I rarely look at the rearview mirror mm -hmm. even when I'm driving yeah. so it's very and and strangely enough because we talk about uh, the emerging present or designing from the emerging present mm -hmm. uh, one can't look too far ahead through the windscreen either you know because uh, actually, in, in between India and where you are, or the Western world, there's a big difference. I don't know if you've been here, but the big difference in the way you drive, uh, because you get used to the idea of driving that nothing untoward is ever going to happen, right? All your yes. guardrails are there, the cars are moving. In fact, the autobahn allows you to go at maybe 200, 220 kilometers an hour. In India, you have similar kind of roads now after many, many years, but yeah. the habits and behaviors of men and animals hasn't changed. Yes. And so so you can't even look too far ahead. And I'm using that as an analogy about uh, probably at my age, one doesn't look so far ahead even to one year from now. Mm -hmm. uh, and And that becomes kind of like a superpower because then you get to do almost all that you can in what you can do now yeah. rather than keep a keep a plan ahead i think this the age of five year plans is gone yes. you know yeah. and things are changing so fast that even even kids that are getting educated today are kind of almost irrelevant in terms of what they've studied even before they graduate from where they are right yeah. Yeah. so i don't know i mean so uh, so to answer your question pointedly I probably hadn't really given you a very straightforward answer last year, mm -hmm. 
saying this is where I'd like to go one year from now, this is where I see myself. So that part of it has been quite consistent because it's worked for me. Yeah. yeah. And so, but I have come a long way. That if, if that's what you're asking, I've come a huge way. I think this is the longest way I've come in my entire life in just wow. one year. That's pretty phenomenal. So in, in, in considering that, the horizons have changed. Sometimes you, you know, you, you maybe you look at them consciously or you, you look at them subconsciously or you don't even consider that as something that might be uh, planable, right? When you say you've come a long way, would you like to share a little bit about that, how this designing from the emergent present or how you, you look at um, uh, yourself as a dad, but also yourself at Idea Farms, the organization that, um, you know, we spoke about the farming last, last time uh, quite a bit where people have ideas. It's not like they're looking for new ones or for you to add to them or you cannot force the ideas upon them, but you help them farm the outcomes of the ideas. Um, how has that worked for you over this past year? What are some of the things that you see that have changed for you? So that feels like a different life altogether, you know, <laughs> although I felt at that time it was really good. Yeah. And Ruth, the, the one thing that has really changed, and I think I've got much more conviction and confidence in, although it hasn't played out yet, mm -hmm. is that even at that time, as an individual, as a person, I felt I could control things. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like even if you're doing farming for somebody, yeah. you're kind of looking at it in your mind as a plantation that has a certain set of boundaries mm -hmm. and that you've got much more control on what can be done there and what comes out of it. Uh, in, in which case you're not really looking so carefully at what nature is doing alongside, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so, so what has happened is there's been a massive shift in my thinking and I've actually started looking at the emerging future now from the present mm -hmm. as being more like a, a forest than a plantation, mm -hmm. right? Which means that when we, in, in the business world, we keep borrowing terms from uh, nature and from everywhere else. We call, we call our whole, uh, whatever we do, we, call, so we started calling them ecosystems and stuff, but we don't really understand the word, meaning of that word ego. No. And so when you're looking at an ecological model of evolution, then what you realize is that you are part of that. You cannot play God there, right? You have to be a part of it. You're as much a part of the ecosystem as is the ecosystem yeah. or other species in the ecosystem. Yeah. But as human beings, we've got this, somehow we, we have this feeling that because we are the most self-aware and the most the, the species that can actually acquire knowledge of different kinds and that we can actually collaborate, that we somehow have acquired the right to be able to exploit resources and it's gone beyond a tipping, tipping point. Yeah. And, and strangely enough, you know, it afflicts the most self-righteous people, including designers who are in any case, people who think that they can change the world, right? And we find it very difficult to let go. So my big learning in this year has been, well, how about experimenting with a model where while we do something together, we, we become the providers and the beneficiaries together rather than play the role of the provider and look at someone else or something else being the beneficiary. So, so that's been my biggest learning and my biggest growth this year. 
And we've actually tried out, so Idea Farms, now there are two things that have happened, which I think from a, from a very, so all this is philosophical. So let me talk about a little bit about the next level, which is the strategic perspective. Mm -hmm. So what we've looked at Idea Farms now more than a, you come to us and we do things for you. We've, we are experimenting right now, and you'll find, you might find this interesting in your own context as well as in the business context elsewhere. And mm -hmm. I think maybe some of the listeners also might relate to something like this, or if there's a pushback, I'd love to hear back from them, you know, that no, no, this is not going to work, or you're still trying to think about it, uh, yeah. just, just putting a new label on it. So what we are trying to do now is that we are, uh, I, I was struggling with this Idea Farms brand, and wondering because it, it it was doing so many things that a lot of people were confused. In fact, I'll tell you something very funny. I uh, came across a website which said, well, uh, I I have an AI capability. So if you just give me the URL of your website, in one paragraph, I'll tell you what these guys do, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I put ideafarms.com and it did give me something which made me feel really good you know, that we were doing something quite different and all of that, which is what it picked out of the website. By the way, they also had a nice little button there saying, uh, roast this site, roast it, right? So I said, okay, let me let me take a call. Let me see what the roasting does. Yeah. And you won't believe, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to be, if anybody from my company hears this, they're going to say that you can't be actually saying this on a public platform. But here is... I'll paraphrase what it actually came back with. This is a bunch of guys that knows all the jargon in the world, knows how to hit the right buttons, but knows jack shit about what they do. All they're trying to do is to impress you with how they speak. So be very careful, don't go to them. They're all over the place. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was hilarious and very humbling. I said, you know, we, we always like to hear what because we've, we've designed it, we, we actually fall in love with our creation, right? To become our children. Yeah. And so you never want to hear that your child is ugly, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this was this was an eye-opening and a very interesting experience because it did actually give me uh, a contrarian point of view. So what we're doing now with Idea Farms and what I've gone, up, gone ahead doing, and I think I had a LinkedIn post also to the effect, is... Like people have been open sourcing most of the code in the information technology software and the whole Linux movement, mm -hmm. I've started having a great belief that movements are the way things can sustain and grow beyond. So that's the mark that you can leave in the world as a designer as well, right? Mm -hmm. Not as a tactical designer, but as a thinking designer, as a philosophical designer, that's what you can leave in the world. Mm -hmm. So we've come up with the idea of open sourcing the Idea Farms brand. Right? and said that anybody who wants to use the brand is free to start using the brand with intimation back to us. So it's almost like the model is called the brand as a parent, mm -hmm. right? Because we believe that Idea Farms has the experience, Idea Farms has the people, the networks, the knowledge, et cetera, mm -hmm. which, which is just lying around there for, for only for us to use. So how about if other people can use it? Mm -hmm. Would that actually give uh, provide a certain amount of value? So that's what we're doing right now. Right at, at the time that we speak about a month or two ago, mm -hmm. we, we've started opening it out and we're now starting to work in that area. And I don't know if this has ever been done before. I, and I think the whole business uh, model, et cetera, everything is going to be quite different from what we've uh, any any business models have done till now. 
right? And uh, so that's one thing. And in in this, again, we are going to be using the forest analogy instead of a platform. Mm -hmm. So we are not calling it a platform at all. Mm -hmm. What we are saying is you you throw the seeds, you do what you put put on onto this, uh, let's say, reciprocal way of working. And we learn from you, you learn from us, you, we gain from you, you gain from us, and you stay in, in this uh, ecosystem, mm -hmm. which, you, which we collectively build, you stay for as long as you build. It's almost like, you know, some, if, if uh, nature's evolution takes you to a certain point, there are some species that will, that will flourish at some point of time, and then they will die on their own and new species will come in. Yeah. Can, we, uh, can we offer that as an organizational model? At least for something, something that can be some uh, things that people can copy from. Or so instead of protecting, we are saying let's open it out. I like that. Yeah, it's almost like um, <clears throat> reminds me of someone sparked a, a thought. It was very random, but um, the other day, probably two weeks ago, um, I saw at the beginning of springtime there was a a seed exchange market. Uh, it was actually at a at a at a at a like in, at an industrial kind of like you know uh, space where you have you know co-located companies and there's a event space um, that's called um, I think it's called Launch Labs where they actually had an event that was that is about seed exchange you know, where people can altruistically exchange the seeds of whatever they think is interesting in their garden. Um, and it becomes a conversational piece where people exchange what they've created or cultivated over time um, uh, to allow others or to exchange with others what, what it could mean for them, right? It's almost like that. Yes. Um, it still kind of feels like us humans controlling nature because we can, right? Uh, which yes, yes. from our last conversation was all about um, we are not the masters of the universe at all, right? We are just mere... Uh, mortals that can pretend to have a prefrontal cortex to think into the future. But really what we know, and this is what is part of what I <clears throat> like when you talk about these things, you know, that the, I think it's a headline on your LinkedIn. If you haven't connected with Sunil, make sure you do, because he's a very interesting character that posts a lot of interesting stuff on LinkedIn and other places. But one of the things that you have there is, you know, experiences the, uh, what is it? The suitcase that we put our junk into that we think is relevant <laughs> over time, right? Get it, um, get it. Um, but but really, I think what what your contrarian view here uh, proposes, or what you're doing, is opening up almost the um, opening up the brand, so others can use it um, to make sure its function gets adopted by more people than just your team, right? Instead of protecting it and putting brand equity and labels on it and saying it is trademarked, it is protected, it is patented, it is this, it is that, <clears throat> you're opening it up the other way around. Yeah. Correct, correct. How is the feedback being from people around you when you started doing that? Also, it, it shouldn't have surprised me because it did definitely energize me as an individual hell of a lot. Yeah. I did expect a little bit of pushback from whoever, you know, are very closely associated with Idea Palms. Yeah. Uh, uh, the response that I saw in their faces was also starting with skepticism, going to something somewhat of a surprise, mm -hmm. and saying, and and the natural questions, right? 
but how will we make money out of it? How will we protect what we've got and all of that? But those were not questions that were like defensive, but really curious questions. Yeah. And my, and when we discussed it, I don't think I should take uh, all the credit to myself. When we discussed it, almost everybody came on board and said, really a worthwhile experiment to do, including the very senior directors on the company. They said, it's a, it's a worthwhile experiment. It's never yeah. been done before. And in a country like India, it's going to lead to many, many, many problems, you know, because the government might not allow you, what will you do from a taxation perspective and all of that. Hmm. And so, so I said, well, I don't have the answers. And probably we may not get an answer. And we may have to take this off the rails two months down the line, we don't know. Hmm. But the fact is, let's not go into it with constraints, let's go into it with with an open mind and with opportunities, and hmm. see what happens. Hmm. And the external response has been phenomenal. You know, we've got now three young entrepreneurial companies that don't want to be companies and they don't want to be employees. And mm -hmm. they've already come on board and said, hey, you know what, if you can really help us with something like this, we'd like to love to be a part of this experiment. And all of them are design companies. Mm -hmm. And they've said, well, so one is a design company in the <clears throat> that does <clears throat> PR and uh graphics and content management and social media management in the social sector for the yeah. social sector hmm. <clears throat> there's another company that's also doing a lot of and it's it's quite interesting because you know on it on linkedin also has slowly started getting some kind of traction on it because i don't know what i i wrote i thought i uh, the headline of my linkedin post might have said co-found the future with us or something like that. It was very interesting. <clears throat> I don't even remember it. That, that's how interesting it was. Anyway, so uh, as a as a part, actually what, what made me think of something like this was that we came up with the idea of seeding a movement which had to do with uh, creating real bonds of friendship between the youth and the seniors. Mm -hmm. Because India, India is a very youthful population, right? And across the world, after COVID, we found that there was lots of isolation, loneliness, and all of that. And there were lots of people or companies that were becoming service providers, uh, more or less uh, on the border of healthcare. You know, so they need yeah. help. But the, yeah. the mindset is mindset is much more of philanthropy and charity and sympathy, and not so much an equal uh, friendship and bonding where there can be an equal exchange. Yeah. So so we said, how about actually us seeding a platform like this? So by the way, it's, uh, just la two weeks ago, we uh, we finalized the brand for that as well. Mm -hmm. and that's called Grand Grand Buddies. So, uh, so we now have Grand Buddies, which is now going to be um, available for people. And again, it's exactly, so the whole forest idea came from there, right? And we said that we'd like people to get into a self-governance uh, model, intergenerational, which is mm -hmm. hyper-local, because we don't know exactly what small localities need. Mm -hmm. so, so how about using technology and the, the power of technology to create networks so that these movements can, uh, can sprout on their own? And whoever wants to do anything, can just put in a request there or tell a story. So in very simple terms, what we say is that the idea of Grand Buddy simply is that we will collect needs and stories and we will share those needs and stories with the rest of the world. 
in a very smart and intelligent way where we use maybe technology and artificial intelligence, where the needs uh, may be shared, but the needs mapping has to happen only from uh, in a hyper locality should not happen. So for example, if there is a need which uh, we broadcast through the plat the uh, ecosystem or the movement or whatever, and mm -hmm. Rude gets to see it in Switzerland, unless it's something that he can do remotely, he should not even get to see that need because otherwise it creates confusion. So mm -hmm. we might as well be able to distribute it only in this area. So it's a very challenging, out of the box way of looking at what you would do. And so in that sense, I think I probably, you know, without really directly answering your question, I think I've given you a general sense of where uh, I'm trying to go with this. Mm -hmm. Although I've not put a goalpost of one year or two years or 10 years, because I think it goes much beyond my lifetime. It's a cause led uh, high, uh, lofty purpose-led uh, way of seeding something. I like that a lot. So it's actually, <clears throat> so geolocation is an important element or or the ability to geolocate Correct. somehow. When you use the term hyperlocal, what do you mean by hyperlocal? Just for myself and for others to understand what you mean by hyperlocal. Uh, where, where exactly do you live? Can you define to me where you live right uh, now? So... I live uh, in a small place called Niederdorf. If I would say that there's probably seven of them in this country. So you have to be specific okay. in which canton, Basel Landschaft, which is 20 kilometers uh, southeast of Basel. So between Basel and Zurich. Uh, how big is this? Uh, is your uh, town? Uh, it's actually a village. It's very small. It's probably uh, no more than 2,000 people. And how, how, what is the perimeter? The perimeter is probably, I would say, of this village, maybe three, four kilometers in okay. diameter. Yeah. So how, how many times do all 2,000 people actually meet each other? Never. Uh, no, it's a, Never. it would be a, a Gemeinde representation when this, because it's a direct democracy, they do tend to have quite specific meetings around what's happening in the village, right? Which um, not everybody participates in, but in a direct democracy, these people get together maybe two or three times a year. Or when there's Correct. a carnival or so, when there's a festivity happening, that's when these people would meet, yeah. Correct. So that is generally the model that's been followed till now across the world. So just take this model and scale it, it becomes democracy. Yeah. You take this model and create a, let's say a, a product, then that becomes your market. This is the mm -hmm. way it works, right? Yeah. Now, what we are saying is that now that uh, if you were to look at it from a Switzerland perspective, or uh, or let's say, which is the closest large town where you, uh, where uh, you ba live? Basel, Switzerland. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So from a Basel, Basel perspective, this is just looked like as a satellite village. Mm -hmm. So in the context of Basel, this would be a very small local community, right? Yeah. It doesn't even fit into the Basel community. No. Now, Basel cannot be called a local community, right? Mm -hmm. Basel will never be called a local community. Even if you look at it from a Switzerland perspective, you don't call Basel local, mm -hmm. except because if you're doing something from a policy or a implementation perspective, you might say we would do it locally for Basel, right? <laughs> but, but when you go below the Basel level, then you've got a small village, right? Where you say that 2,000 people are there. But if you look at now breaking it down into even smaller. So don't come down to the family unit, but look at the community where you live. So there are some friends, some relatives, some people that live there, not more than maybe 200 people, 
right? Mm -hmm. Very intimate connect connection. Mm -hmm. People that you would meet maybe at least or run into maybe at least once a week if you were going out or meet them in the supermarket. Mm -hmm. So your supermarket would be a hyperlocal level, right? So mm -hmm. which means that if there is a need for, for this intergenerational exchange to happen, youth and uh, older people or, or across generations, that's just a just a marketing thing we are doing right now. I'm not saying that, but it needs a focus. So that's why we called it intergenerational. Yeah. But the, the original idea was that if you look at old tribes, right? Information and knowledge goes both ways. What is currently happening is uh, is known by the younger generation, which is which has got a future ahead of them. And then you have the seniors who have a past behind them. They don't have a future, right? So if how how do you connect the past with the future? It is through these two generations actually talking to each other. So the image that might come to your mind is whether if you look at it in India, you know, you have a small, small little, uh, we call it a panchayat mm -hmm. and you local governance happens there. And it's kind of, if you visualize it, it's like a large banyan tree, right? Yeah. A banyan tree is the one that's that gives you a lot of shade. And under that you have, a, a few old gentlemen or ladies and gentlemen sitting and then you have kids sitting around them and then they're telling each other stories or these old guys are telling them in our times this is what used to happen <laughs> now that's a hyper local way of looking at stuff because my belief or our belief is that you know what happens for example where you live and what happens in where i live for the same size of people is a culturally completely different thing so there is no sense in my thinking about what you can do there mm -hmm. however it, however, in terms of technology and resources, both of us could use the same, right? Mm -hmm. As long as you we knew what we were doing. Yeah. So, so that's that's what hyperlocal is. I've made a long story out of hyperlocal, but I I think it's important oh, because this word, <clears throat> I think you the, the word has been used yeah. a lot, right? Yeah, I think you paint the picture of 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 what everybody can kind of imagine. And as you talk through it, I think typically this is what I like about what you were talking about is you, by storifying a perspective, um, you're, you're, you're collecting the needs, right? Or by listening to the stories, you identify where the needs are and to find the share needs amongst multiple stories, you're now able to um, uh, use the the geolocation as a almost as a connector, right? As a as an identifier, as a guardrail around what is, what is um, uh, what is common and what is not common. Um, um, it also boggles the mind because and, and it makes a lot of sense with your thinking. You know, if you think about the 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 nowhere guy, but also the now here guy, um, what you design is agnostic to place, yet it is systemic or systematic in its approach to how you could do things now here right right exactly so uh, it, it fits squarely in where the conversation started last year yeah. and that and that delta i can now i can now see this idea uh, farm coming to life connecting generations which is also probably one of the hardest things to do right getting getting the um connectors uh, over multiple generations is difficult. Although if you skip at least one generation, it becomes much easier uh, <laughs> somehow. Yes. Right? Uh, and since we are getting older across the planet, um, there's more opportunity there. It's a growing opportunity, hopefully. Yes. 
to yes. connect more of these stories and share these needs. Now, if, if, if somebody listening to this podcast says, this is brilliant, I want to be part of it, or where can I find more about it? How could they, how could they discover more about, about this concept or about this? Is there a link? Is there something you're building? Is there something people can latch onto? Oh, so this is this is really interesting that you asked me this question, and I'm I'm I shouldn't be surprised, but I am surprised that I forgot to tell you this. It's very interesting. Okay, yeah. so we do have uh, so for this particular concept, Grand Buddies, we actually have a website which is just being set up right now. So yeah. we we have one of the the companies I told you that was ready to you know become a part of the brand uh, opening. Yeah. What they have agreed to do is they've said that, okay, for the new Idea Farms website, where we are going to be telling people that it's a brand uh, under which you can work. And by the way, I mean, for the listeners and for your benefit, Rude, I don't think that I uh, that it's a great, uh, it's something very original that I've come up with. Because if you look back, you can see that Ted has done this very successfully, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what does Ted say? Ted says you can take a license from me, but you don't need to pay me anything. But yeah. just so that you do things the way it can it can keep the brand uh, growing, yeah. not just protecting it, but make it growing Yeah, for the integrity of the brand. Mm -hmm. And so you just put a small X under it. And if you make money, you share something, part of that money with me. Otherwise, you can do it for free. So yeah. I, I think it's just an extension of that on uh, doing it for the world at large. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so so exactly what you asked me when we did Grand Buddies, we found that it was very, very difficult for us to move to the next step that we could think about it and think about the philosophy and feel very good about it. But there were no hands. Right. So there were mm -hmm. you had all heads on board, but you had no hands on board. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and so there's uh, this uh, there's a, a girl called Roshni who's uh, was a, a schoolmate of my daughter's, Ishtas. Mm -hmm. And uh, she worked with us at Idea Farms when we did the design thinking workshops, right? Mm -hmm. And she's got this very unique skill. I mean, a lot of people have it, but she's, she's very adept at it. It's almost like a natural thing where what we are talking about, she's able to draw that on a, mm -hmm. while, while we're speaking. So instead of minuting something, she's able to draw it. And she, mm -hmm. she runs a, uh, her own website called Visual Chronicler, right? Mm -hmm. And so when 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 we wanted to do Grand Buddies, I just said that we uh, at from Idea Farms we had put out a post on LinkedIn saying that we want to create an app or a platform to connect seniors with uh, the youth. Mm -hmm. And she jumped into that conversation and she said, "Tell me what we can do." And so, cut a long story short, we had a couple of calls. We brought in a few more people like we are doing right now, we just said, okay, anyone who's, who's interested, like you said, if anybody's interested, what do they do? Mm -hmm. And after the first two or three calls, which went over the almost three months, uh, that means the calls were spaced like quite three, three weeks or one month apart. One day we, we sat down and we said, this is not going to get us anywhere because we'll get more and more people coming into the calls, but this, the idea is not going to take off. And she had read about something which she loved, you know, a line which said, can we design with the garage door up? Mm -hmm. And so she, so she and I, we, we sat and we discussed it and we said, you know what, let's open source the entire Grand Buddies exercise. Mm -hmm. So whatever the Google Docs, which we have the presentation, where, where did we get the inspirations from? Which are the ones that we are inspired by? That whole idea of... Uh, 
So I'm happy to share that with you and you can share it with the listeners as far as that is concerned. Excellent. Because our whole idea idea is how do we design with the garage door up? Yeah. And the, the challenge we had was we needed one place where people could come and take a look at it. You didn't want them to go to LinkedIn to Sunil's profile and which is why then we created this brand called uh, Grand Buddies, grandbuddies.in it's called. Yeah. Uh, nobody should go there yet because you'll not find very much happening there. So we're just mm -hmm. getting this, this company is just getting the basic placeholders in place. So the Grand Buddies website will be up in about maybe two weeks from now. Mm -hmm. And and we will have a, we already have a, a Facebook page. We have an Instagram account. Uh, so all the uh, usual suspects, the, the YouTube channel. So all this will be actually put together. Mm -hmm. And then through these uh, partners who come into the Idea Farms brand and the Idea Farms website, these would be the three obvious touch points where people can go. So they can get all the stuff that we are doing. In fact, what we've now decided in a call uh, maybe last week. We decided even the internal calls that we have, you know, the the calls with the group and the people that are designing it, etc. Instead of boring the rest of the people, we will have it in the repositories. So everyone, since it's with the garage door up, you can go there and take a look at the call and figure out what was going on. Mm -hmm. Because I think there's a lot of value. So for example, uh, any call that we are doing where we are actually having debates on what should be done, what should not be done. I think that's the great learning that people can carry away. Yeah. outside of the main purpose of Grand Buddies. Yeah. But whoever wants to come in to Grand Buddies, see something interesting and saying, hey, you know what? I love to do something like this, but I don't know where to start. That's all we want those people to do. You know, yeah. at any yeah. one of our touch points, come and say, here, here is me. This is my email ID. This is my phone number. Get in touch with me so-and-so in this way. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'd like to do. Is there any way that, is there a group that's already doing it that I can work with? Yeah. Or are you guys willing to put in some money and resources for me to try out something? So the whole idea is to help people experiment rather than to, you know, not the the uh, traditional investor thing where you go there and, and do the due diligence. Yeah. The whole idea that we have with Grand Buddies and with Idea Farms as a brand mm -hmm. is that what is missing in the whole world is people don't get a chance to try out their own ideas. Yeah. And so they keep thinking about going further and further with the idea in the hope that it will work, but without having tried out anything. Yeah. So I, I think what will happen with something like this is with small amounts of money and time, mm -hmm. they will be able to test the idea and either prove it or they will themselves get to know that this is not an idea that will work. You know, so that can only happen when you've tried out something and not when you're just keeping it in your head. Yeah. So I, I famously tell people, you got to get out of your mind if you really want to do something. <laughs> Get out of your mind if you really want to do something. <laughs> I like I like the um, the idea and the premise. You know, it, it, people do have a hard time figuring out where to start with these things. Also, the inertia of you know getting started and and allowing yourself to to test things um, on a very small scale and finding others to do that. Um, I'm very curious to see how these um, um, how the emergent present connected to the emergent now can actually. Um, create value and 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 um, at the end of the day <clears throat> like you said when you do something that seems altruistic or that is difficult to understand conceptually people question its motives right um, I remember when we published the event canvas under Creative Commons in 2014 
the first question most people are asking is, but how do you make money, right? Or so people are always very suspicious when something seems too good to be true, uh, what the catch is, right? And I think it's uh, maybe a very Western way to look at things, but I think across the planet, um, uh, it's, it's, it, it, it's something that's recurring. So I think it's important to, to dispel that, but also to prove its opposite truth, right? Um, yesterday with our designer, we were looking at all of the translations of the different canvases that we created under Creative Commons. I think it's like 16 or 17 languages now, but it's created by the community, right? There's no way we could have shared the working method in multiple languages if we didn't ask our community to contribute, right? So I think there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of give um, even before you ask. And I think this so is I, part, of the, yeah, part of the magic that you elicit by doing this, right? And uh, maybe ring fencing it so people understand it is the hardest thing, right? Because you're opening, you have a massive openness in the creation of what you're creating with, you know, grand buddies. Um, but also the time that people can take to, to, to understand the creation of it is, is something that is challenging, right? Because it is like listening to an old podcast. It's something that has been done by someone else before. So is it still relevant to you? And where is the relevance is a question people will ask themselves probably, right, in that. Uh, but then again, there's hope because we have AI capability to, you know, both analyze the good and roast the bad, as you mentioned right. in the beginning of your podcast, right? So <laughs> I think right. the, the ability to summarize or s s structure things um, and and make it more visible, maybe even through the human talent you were describing, which we have found to be instrumentally important. You know, our, on our team, we have Dennis Lyer, who likes to take big hammers and hit 3D situations over the head and turn them into 2D pictures, um, which back to the origin story of how we met is actually where Dave Gray, who I interviewed earlier last week um, for the year plus he's one doing podcast. <laughs> So he's doing some he's doing some fascinating stuff now. Absolutely, yeah. And I think this is where we see. Um, I really like, and I encourage our our listeners to follow the storyline of um, the characters you connect to, right? Um, listen to some of these change makers on the podcast and see who you connect to and follow what they're doing, because these are the sources of inspiration we use to. Um, uh, to fire up the brain whenever we, you know, hold people hostage in a design situation. Uh, the, the way you said it in our last That's year's right. podcast, you said, right. you know, you have a room of 22 <laughs> smart executives in the room and you're the facilitator of this process of design. Um, and they know everything about the company that you are looking to facilitate, right? Somehow to get to the next step. Um, you being the most powerful room because you know the least about everything that's happening. And that allows you the, the power to question, it allows you the power to observe. Um, and um, being that facilitator of the change, I think in this same case, you are doing extreme openness to enable people to learn from the process you're going through based on your experience. So you open your suitcase of what you call junk, right? But to other people, it might be very precious metal or very relevant for them in that situation. Um, for that, Sunil, I want to thank you for sharing that. I encourage people to connect with Sunil, and not just on LinkedIn, but other channels. 
uh, idea farms is 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 there but also look you know in the next two weeks you might be the first person to go to grandbuddies.in uh, and see what's happening this also puts the pressure on you right which means two weeks from today on the mid-april people are going to start looking for this url and see if it's actually happening sunil uh, so you've planted that marker no pressure. <laughs> no 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 pressure at all no pressure at all <laughs> And people might listen to this podcast five or ten years from today, you know, and and see what has come of it, which I think is also interesting because the seed planting that you have done, or that you're currently doing with your team and all of these um, storytellers that identify their needs, or you help them identify their your needs in their hyperlocal, geolocated ecosystems, if we can call them that, because you said ecosystems is an easily used word but maybe not the best word for a human being to try and own or to try and, you know, no, part I'm, of it. If you, if you understand it, understand the implications, I think it's a great word to own. Yeah. yeah. I think I only think that it's not a good idea to just use these as labels uh, to, to make an impression. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. But um, I hope I've done this part of the story justice by trying to recap it on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight post-its that I was taking notes on in analog um, because I think harvesting stories and um, is is where it starts right so I think um, the ability to listen observe I would encourage if you're listening to this podcast to see if you could uh, um, also deduce what the AI is doing right can you get the essence of something and can you be contrarian to its idea Um, challenge the opposite truth because that's what any owner of an idea wants or needs at any stage is for the idea not just to be um, hailed up, but also to be uh, nailed down, right? In a way that it is challenged because when you challenge it, it, it forces more thinking about it. And I think that's, um, uh, we hope that today in this podcast, we've been able to do that with you too. Uh, thank you, Sunil, for, for sharing uh, with extreme openness. I think this is one of the core things people should and could learn from this. It's not about keeping things with you. It's about giving them away and allowing them to grow. Because uh, you can never master the forest, but you can be a wanderer in it, right? Yes, absolutely. And I will look forward, I will look forward to your uh, insights, help, comments, mentorship for grand buddies as well as this. And I, I'm hopeful that in the next one year, although I'm not putting a goalpost there, that Probably Events Design Collective and the Idea Farms Collective will have ways to connect and do something meaningful and impactful for the world. I, I very much look forward to that, Sunil. Um, if you want to see something that that really kind of is working in that same angle, uh, or that's come out of some of the work that we've been doing, much it was very different, maybe, but. Uh, we're currently setting uh, or working with Purdue University in Indiana, who are um, um, using this very idea of the academic knowledge coming out of the university to engage with the local communities uh, to allow both the academic research to connect to the impact on the local social change and to design for that in a specific place, which we call an event design lab. Uh, but also bringing the methodology into a space where people can actually use it freely. And what's interesting there is that there are developments now where the land-grant-based university is building infrastructure for 
wise elders to actually live on campus to exchange with the students, but also avail of the knowledge at the university in real time, all the time, right? For as when they live in that space, they contribute, they can learn from the university, but also contribute their knowledge to the university in an ecosystem between the youth that is studying and the elders that are, you know, looking for their second, third, fourth career uh, of being the elder in a situation which can be very consultative and very contributive to the whole thing. So, uh, so here, I think, I think this whole, uh, I think it really f fits in very nicely. Uh, yeah. And I'll tell you why. And it's a very simple, uh, I think it's a simple epiphany because there was a tendency being a technology and design company that we should actually have a platform and an app. Yeah. And, and uh, like I told you last time, the contrarian view is do everything with a minus one sign. So I said, that's the obvious thing that anyone would do and would have a grand buddy's app. Let's not do that. So, so what we are trying to do now is to try and build some backend uh, agents and technologies and things like that with partners, of course, we're going to be throwing these. Our challenges are going to be more like the stuff that uh, Steve Jobs used to throw out at his people, right? Mm -hmm. To say, we want to do this, we don't care if it can be done or not, but for, figure out a way of doing this. Yeah. And the whole idea is for these communities, hyperlocal communities, like the one you talked about in Purdue University and the stuff you're doing with them, mm -hmm. is for them not to have to learn something more to be part of Grand Buddies. So we want them to be doing, we want to play exactly where they're already using stuff. So for example, almost all of them use WhatsApp today, right? And so how can we use the WhatsApp platform itself? Yeah. Maybe just a, a, an additional group gets created. Like, you know, so for example, the what your project might have a group there. Mm -hmm. And all we will do is that we will insidiously creep into that group and share the stories through you. Yeah. So it's not, the, the idea is not to promote the Grand Buddies brand, but to mm -hmm. make sure that the Grand Buddies philosophy is something that they can leverage and use for impact for themselves. We don't want anything to play back to us except the stories that they've created to give them to us so that we can share it with the rest of the world. That's the yeah. whole idea. Yeah. And there's nothing altruistic about it. It's very mm. selfish, but in the long term. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Sunil, for for um, for sharing that. Um, the big delta between your views of last year and this this year um we hope we do it justice and i think the the ultimate proof there i think is always that um when this starts growing when the forest uh and when you're in that forest that you can actually see what it's what it's what it's doing in its ecosystem right so right like, um, it always takes uh, courage and determination and a leap of faith to start something uh, it sounds like you have started a new fire, a good fire, and uh, we look forward to following it and um, uh, keeping track of it over time. So let's uh, let's see if we can reconnect um, in person as soon as we possibly can, but also yes. I encourage us to have more conversations around this. Um, thank you for today's conversation. Thank you very much, Rude. I feel you, you make, uh, you're very good for my ego. Not too many people want to listen to me talk. <laughs> including myself <laughs> thank you so much for 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 sharing and you're i know welcome. that you're you're um uh, it's never for you about your ego but it is what it can do for others right so um, and i think you sharing that is what what will um help people connect to it so thank you for that you're welcome i should thank you too
You've been hanging out backstage on Design to Change Designer Conversations. Thank you for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe and share conversations online using hashtag Design to Change and hashtag Event Canvas. Want more thought-provoking content like this? Visit designtochange.online to purchase your copy of Design to Change, elevating your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Don't forget, it's more than just a book. Experience a hard copy, audio format, video format, and even augmented reality. Experience it in your style and format. Tune into our next episodes and hear from more designers and change makers. Until then, we look forward to our next conversation.